Check out the latest from the WYXR Podcast Network. Just Bluffin' is a Memphis-centric podcast from Campfire Collective, featuring interviews with Memphis community leaders and more. On this Monday evening, well, it was you know we had that mood thing going on. You know, level Lola is right before this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting. And have you got your level in yet? Have you done your L square? You need to listen to her show. It's five to six Monday evenings right here uh, before uh, Real Talk Memphis. Lola, our Lola is the uh, host uh, of that show. And I was sitting here. I got here a little early today. And I was just sitting back in the corner, just grooving, and she was playing some really nice music stuff, most of it that I never heard of, but I liked it. So anyway, if you get a chance to check her out, please do so. As for the rest of it, good evening. It's good to see you. It is good to be here. As we were going to play the the theme one more time. It's a great theme, by the way. Anyway, uh, I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Great to be here with you on this uh, Monday evening. Uh, we all and many of us, about 120,000 plus of us, uh, had to deal with uh, that storm that blew through, that powerful storm that blew through last night. Uh, at its worst, about 75 or 80 mile an hour straight line winds, and the damage was excessive and it was far reaching. Millington. Uh, it may take them quite a while to get back on their feet. They were dead in the center of the bulls. I, I live in Bartlett, and we were like a close second to it. Because I tell you what, um, I lost my back fence, completely lost. I mean, completely blew down. I mean, trees in my neighborhood, big rooted trees were uprooted, turned over, of course. Uh, uh, at its worst, 120,000-plus people uh, last night were out of power. Uh, and uh, MLGW is uh, slowly doing their thing, trying to uh, restore power to many, many people. It's hot outside, too, and uh, it's going to get hotter the next few days. Now, you know, they always uh, give you the worst-case scenario by saying, well, you know, many of us need to plan on being out for, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe, let's say several days, maybe into a week. Uh, As of right now, as of this hour, 6 p.m., 74,400 plus folks are without power. So that's a pretty good slice from 120. So uh, MLGW did get some, bring some outside crews in here. 
uh, plus some local folks, and they are really working uh, to get it done. Of course, I lost power last night, but I was told about an hour ago uh, by my neighbors that the power is back. Uh, now, I'm not bragging on that fact, but I will give a shout-out to MLGW. They are doing the best they can um, uh, with uh, so much damage and a lot of primary damage out there. I pray uh, for each and every one of you who are still in the dark. I pray uh, that your uh, power will be turned on sooner rather than later. So, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on it for you in terms of uh, the numbers. But, yeah, from 120 to 74, uh, that's a pretty good slice. And uh, MLGW, uh, yeoman's job in terms of that. Now, uh, if you are just tuning in uh, to this fine piece of radio broadcasting and asking yourself, well, how else can I find this show, Chip? Well, we are on live right now, 91.7 on your FM dial. That would be WYXR. We are also available on the YXR app. You can also catch us on the TuneIn app. Uh, we are also on Facebook Live this evening. So if you're uh, out there or planning uh, to join us uh, a little later on, look forward to uh, to seeing you out there. And, of course, once the show posts uh, tomorrow evening, um, you will be able to get it uh, on YouTube. And as we are a podcast, you can get this show wherever you get your podcast. Now, of course, uh, you know, that, that all depends on your power situation. If you don't have power, you, you'll, you'll have to wait until all that, uh, you know, subsides and everything. But uh, in any event, we're very happy to be here. We have a good show lined up for you tonight. Those of you who are, uh, can join us either by radio or the other means that I mentioned, always appreciative. Uh, Sunai Laybourne is going to be here. Now, if, if Sunai, the name sounds familiar and you're a listener of WYXR, uh, let's grab coffee. It's her show. Uh, and it was on earlier today. It is a very informative uh, a talk show that she has. Uh, and she's also an author. She is an associate uh, professor of sociology at the University of Memphis. She's a PhD. She's, she is... Uh, pretty much done it all. But one of the biggest things that she did, and the reason why I wanted to have her on this show, was last month uh, was the first time uh, that we celebrated uh, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders Heritage Month. That was in May. Uh, and we couldn't get together schedule-wise, but I wanted to get her on because she single-handedly put that together and really wanted to uh, let all of us know uh, that Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders uh, do make up a certain segment of the population here, and they bring a lot uh, to the table. And I look forward uh, to uh, having uh, a conversation with her about all of that in just a few minutes. A little bit later on, we'll speak to Thomas Burrell. Uh, Thomas uh, is the president of the Black Farmers and Agriculturists Association. We all are familiar with Blue Oval City. Uh, that is happening in Haywood County. Of course, it's the largest, uh, it, it is the largest project of its kind ever uh, here. Uh, it's going to employ some 6,000 plus people. Uh, they need a lot of land in order to be able to do that. And uh, in terms of that, uh, you know, Thomas and his organization wants to make sure that black farmers uh, who own land and generational land there will be able to get the value for their land and also be able to participate in the growth process of all of this. I mean, there'll be retail stores. Just think about it. There'll be hotels and and, and new home starts and, and a lot of other, that, that whole Staten area will be completely transformed uh, within the next few years. And, uh, you know, he uh, is here to let black farmers know that they do have rights 
uh, and uh, to be able to get an equitable price for their land and also uh, be involved in the process of the development and the growth of Blue Oval City. And a bit later on, did you know this was Black Music Month? Well, it is Black Music Month. It's almost over, but uh, it is. And one of the uh, uh, organizations uh, that is really shining bright in terms of all of that is MMI, or the Memphis Music Initiative. Uh, and one of the things that they're doing, you know, uh, you know, in, 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 um, uh, in addition to introducing black and brown children uh, to musical, to music and, and being a part of that whole um, area, creative area of talent, uh, is uh, they're participating uh, in, in, in something uh, in reference to this. Uh, and it has a lot to do with a particular candy bar uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, being actually um, on, the, you've heard of Kit Kat, right? The Kit Kat bar. Uh, well, they're actually on uh, that label uh, this year and uh, they will tell us why they're on that label and what it means uh, for all of us here in Memphis. Uh, from the Memphis Music Initiative, we'll be speaking with the executive director, Ms. Amber Hamilton. Uh, so uh, it's at this time of the show, of course, uh, we uh, give props to you. Many of you are celebrating birthdays or have recently done so. So this is your time of the broadcast where we hit you with a nice, big, welcoming shout out. But I can't do that unless I say, hit it, Brent. All right. Happy birthday is going out to the following folks on this Monday. The 26th day of June. Terry True celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to Rhonda Peters. Rachel Patterson celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday, Deidre Hathor. To John Corns. Tammy Robinson is celebrating her birthday today. As is Dorshell Spence. Carl Griffin and a longtime friend. Back in the Jackson, Mississippi days, commercial appeal days. Mr. Andy Cannongasner. Each and every one of you out there celebrating, I am a congratulations uh, for this trip around the sun. And we hope to be with you next year to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. Congratulations. Thank you, Brent. All right, so obviously the big news uh, that all of us are dealing with, or many, many, many of us are dealing with, it was the big, big storm that blew through here last night. It was quick. And it was powerful. I was standing out in my, uh, my you know, in my, my back uh, area of my house, just watching this, this, I mean, this thing start to blow through. And I mean, the winds were just howling and the lightning and the thunder and the rain. And of course, I watched my fence from one end to the other <laughs> just get completely stripped. I mean, there is, there is no more fence back there in the back. And a lot of folks in my neighborhood lost fences uh, you know, as well, big trees falling, you know, on. But as we all sort of uh, got past the shock of all of this and walked out uh, into our yards and our front yards to kind of uh, landscape to see what was going on, you know, we were all, the first question we all asked each other as neighbors is, is everybody okay? Uh, did you suffer any property damage? And in, in my particular area, uh, not so much uh, with that, which was good. Uh, but again, a lot of tree damage, a lot of trees down, man. And I'm telling you, uh, it was it was a really scary sight. Mother Nature, uh, when uh, it gets that fierce, is nothing to play with. And uh, you know, once again, 
you know, um, you know, we we value the fact that uh, I hadn't heard of uh, any loss of life, but I do know that there are uh, several thousand folks who are still out of power. MLGW is working hard to try to reestablish that power uh, power uh, as we uh, uh, tend to uh, you know move forward. So we'll keep you posted on that. This, by the way, was the sixth worst storm according to MLGW in the history. Of Memphis, the sixth worst. It was it was pretty bad indeed. Uh, big heat uh, this week, obviously. Um, low 90s today. Progressively moving up as we get into the remainder of this week. By Thursday and Friday, uh, the real temperature, according to the weather folks, will be 100 degrees uh, on both days, which means the uh, increase in humidity will make the heat index feel anywhere from 110 to above. This is very serious stuff, uh, and please don't. Um, don't take it lightly. Uh, pay attention to your neighbors. Watch out for the elderly, uh, you know, members of your family, people in your neighborhood. Please check on them. Make sure that they're okay. Make sure that folks have plenty of water. Uh, you stay hydrated as well if you're going to be running around outside for any particular length of time. This is very, very serious and dangerous heat uh, that will do some critical damage to you. Earlier this afternoon, uh, MLGW issued a boil water advisory for northern Shelby County. Now, before you start getting go crazy, it's not for uh, anything that's in the water. I'll repeat that. It is not about anything that is in the water. It is uh, for the water pressure. Uh, the storm has impacted uh, that in terms of uh, many people in terms of the water pressure. So they're, they're wanting folks to try to conserve that as much as they can so they can help to try to build that pressure uh, back up uh, and uh, get things moving and running uh, again. All right, so that takes a quick look at news and notes uh, on uh, this um, Monday evening. Very happy to have you with us on this edition of Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll get into it. What do you say? We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WIXR comes from Dillard Companies, selling commercial doors, glass, gates, and security products to building owners and property managers for over 75 years. Dillard Companies understand the importance of security and offers products and services to meet the needs of their customers. For small business owners or large corporations, more information is available at DillardDoor.com. WIXR is supported by the Orpheum's 2023-2024 Broadway season, featuring Funny Girl, Beetlejuice, Six, Company, Les Mis, Mrs. Doubtfire, Wicked, and Mamma Mia. More information at orpheum-memphis.com season. 
At WIXR, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and businesses who are making an impact in Memphis. If you are looking for ways to spread the word about your business on air and want to support WIXR at the same time, email us at sponsorships at wixr.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening, this warm evening in the city, Chip Washington with you, very happy to have you along for the ride. Now, my first guest is, uh, uh, let me see, let me break this down as best I can. She is an author. Uh, She is a talk show host. She is an associate professor at the University of Memphis, associate professor of sociology at the University of Memphis. She's also a PhD. And she hosts a radio show on this uh, fine radio station called Let's Grab Coffee, which I think is one of the best titles ever for a show. (laughs) And uh, more importantly, uh, she basically single-handedly created an event uh, that a lot of us uh, didn't realize and know about or understand, uh, which is really the history of and the contributions of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Uh, And we had that Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month last month. She is Suna Laborn, and Suna, it is good to see you. It is great to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? Well, I am so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Two corrections. I'm an assistant professor assistant. of sociology. Okay, assistant. I'm sorry. Um, what... I mean, but I will take that promotion. Okay. To associate, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. So, I look, I'm not mad. Uh, but technically, assistant professor, um, Sanaa Laybourne, um, and yes, fellow WYXR co, um, I said co-host, but <laughs> fellow WYXR radio host let's grab coffee on mondays as well that is exactly correct i love that let's grab coffee and just sit back and talk about things and you you interview a lot of really great folks uh, from from all across the country you talk about uh, a lot of wonderful topics i enjoy your show i'm a fan of your show thank you thank you so much so let's talk a little bit uh, about uh this uh amazing event that you put on uh last month and you know i know you're pretty humble but you know this uh this endeavor uh to really uh open up the world to the rest of us here in the city of memphis about the contributions of asian americans and pacific islanders what made you take on this endeavor and uh you know why did you think it was so important Yeah, well, you know, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month has been a national heritage month for 30 years. Um, Started off as a week-long celebration um, almost two decades before that. Um, But here in the city of Memphis, we had never had a month-long acknowledgement. We've never had a full month-long celebration. And as someone who grew up in Memphis, um, as an Asian American, and as someone who moved back to Memphis just five years ago, um, 
you know, I was like, okay, it's time. Mm-hmm. And to your question, you know, it was time because, of course, with everything that has happened in this world with COVID-19, um, particularly with the rise in reported incidents of anti-Asian violence, you know, is very much on top of mind. Like we don't, it's, yes, we need to know about what's happening in our social world. And definitely we need to be more attuned to racism in any and all of its forms. Mm-hmm. But there's also a space for celebration as well. So I think that we can do both, right? We need to know what is happening in our world. We need to know how to stop racism in, again, anywhere that we see it, anywhere that arises, but then also we need spaces to celebrate. And so here in Memphis, we've never had a month-long celebration or really much of an acknowledgement that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. That in and of itself is interesting. And you said that it has been around as a national holiday or national recognition, rather, for the past three decades. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it has never been recognized here. Uh, As you were doing your research and as you were trying to put all this together, uh, did you come up with any reasons as to why uh, there was no real acknowledgement uh, of the Asian American um, uh, Pacific Islander uh, community? I think that's a great question. I do not know. I mean, I would venture to say because our Asian local Asian American population has been extremely small in number. Mm-hmm. So right now, currently, we're still less than 2% of our total city's population. And so thinking about previously, you know, less than 1%. And so I think one, it's uh, because of our small number. And because of that small number, people might think like, oh, you know, you don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also venture to say it's because of how we see our city, right? We are a very black, white city and have been that way for a long time. Um, Even though we see increasing numbers of Asian Americans, of Latinos um, in our city, as well as other ethnicities. Um, But I would say my best guess would be simply because of the number or the small number Mm -hmm. of Asian Americans in our community. You know, that's uh, that uh, to me is very interesting. So when you started to uh, kind of formulate all of these plans in your head you, and you started to take on, uh, you know, the the uh, terrific uh, uh, opportunity to be able to put together a month of recognition. How was how were you greeted with that with the individuals that you approached uh, about doing, uh, you know, various events and other things in reference to this? How, how were people, you know, when you when you brought this out, you know, what did people say about it? Yeah, so I mean, it was mixed, right? Some people were absolutely enthusiastic and on board. So for example, when I approached the folks at Good Fortune, um, Sarah Kai and her partner Arturo, they were absolutely on board immediately. And they were an amazing partner. We did our opening kickoff for the month at Good Fortune. Um, And that was an example of someone who was extremely enthusiastic, the same with the National Civil Rights Museum and their Unpacking Racism for Action program. Mm -hmm. Um, They were... 100% on board. And so that made me really excited. On the other hand, there were groups in the community who were like, "Mm, I don't think this is important. Um, Or, you know, people were skeptical because they'd never seen a month of celebration happen before. And so, you know, I think sometimes it's difficult for people to imagine, you know, a reality that they hadn't yet experienced. Um, And that's fine. You know, I knew that this was something that had to happen. 
And so it didn't matter if people were on board or not. Um, and as we see, we had a wonderful month of celebration. Mm -hmm. And in the end, folks are really excited um, to see everything that happened and felt very much seen and heard and a part of the our broader community. So not only uh, to be seen and to be heard and to be recognized, uh, but really, I would imagine opening a lot of people's eyes out in our city uh, who just didn't know and who just didn't realize that probably for you. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it had to be probably one of the most gratifying that when it was over as the people that came up to you and said, so now nah, this is this is this was amazing. I mean, really, we didn't know we didn't understand, but mm -hmm. we really that that must have been very gratifying for you. No. Absolutely. And you're correct. You know, for a lot of people, they weren't aware that May is a National Heritage Month, right? We're mm -hmm. here in Memphis, so Memphis in May takes over a lot of the bandwidth for the city. Sure. Um, but, you know, for people to learn and to celebrate and to feel connected with other community members, you know, that was really the goal. And so hearing people really be excited and so many people said, you know, I've been looking for something like this or I've wanted, you know, something like this in the city. And so that was that made me um, feel very happy. Uh, you mentioned that uh, as it stands right now, somewhere around 2% of the population is Asian American, a Pacific Islander. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, that uh, the, the folks uh, in that circle, uh, when uh, when informed about the fact that this was going to be this month was going to be celebrated here, uh, were were very much uh, embracing of the opportunity uh, to be a part of it and uh, and uh, and really enjoy all of this. Absolutely. And, you know, still, I will be very honest with you. You know, some people were not excited because they had never seen it happen. And so when I said that earlier, that goes across races and ethnicities as far as that initial reaction where some people were super excited and other people, again, were skeptical because they had never seen it done. And, you know, I think after a while, when you have been ignored, um, and and not visible or mm. not seen and mm. celebrated, you can start to think that that is just, you know, that's just how things go. And it can be difficult to embrace the opportunity to, you know, to be seen and to be celebrated. Um, but like I said, in the end, I think that people were very happy. So now that you, uh, the, the first one uh, was done, it was it, it was ex very successful from what I'm to understand. Uh, now you're, you're going to prepare for uh, year number two next year. And I'm sure yes. I'm already I'm already predicting that you're going to have more partners and more uh, individuals wanting to be a part of putting all this together than you mm -hmm. can probably even imagine. So you got to be looking forward to what comes next. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, I am already in planning mode. I started planning <laughs> last month. So yes, it as year one was happening, I was already planning for year two. And, you know, now people know they have an idea of what's possible. And people are, you know, for folks who needed to see it before they could believe it, you've seen it. Seen and it. now... As you stated, you know, more partners coming on board, more folks who are excited about what we can all do together for year two and beyond. So before I let you go, uh, we talked about your, your show, which comes on on, on Mondays. Uh, it's called mm -hmm. Let's Grab Coffee. Am I correct? Yeah, and let's grab coffee. Let's grab coffee. So was the concept as, as simple as, as the title? I mean, you know, you wanted to, when you uh, approached the station about this or vice versa to do this mm -hmm. type of show, what, what was your focus? 
My original focus was to be able to catch up with experts from across the country who are answering the questions about our social world that, you know, questions we have about why are things the way they are, or maybe even questions we didn't know we had. Um, and of course, tying that into Memphis, right? So of course, always bringing it back to our community here in Memphis and what's happening, you know, in our city. Mm -hmm. um, some of the main issues that are happening across the country or in other big cities are of course happening you know in our city as well so yep. i wanted to give listeners an opportunity to get informed opinion about some of these social issues so we've talked about health talked about religion talked about policing um talked about friendships right a range of topics um and really excited to be able to again provide um research provide data um to some of these conversations well, that's a great show. It really is very informative and very yeah. enjoyable. You do a nice job. Uh, I tell you what, Sanaa Label, you are very, you are very uh, impressive. You truly are. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to coordinate this and get you on the show because I really, yes. really wanted to talk about uh, what happened last month. I'm very proud of you, as I'm sure many, many people are. And hey, you're always welcome back here to Real Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to chat with you tonight. I'll talk to you soon. You take care, okay? All right. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. She's really impressive. And I tell you what, uh, uh, last month's... Uh, there we go. I was hitting mics and knock stuff off. Uh, last month's events were, uh, were very well received, and we wish her the best of luck in the future. We'll take another break. And when we come back, we will continue for this Monday evening right here. Uh, it's Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Healthcare through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN. Did you know you could donate your vehicle and support WYXR at the same time? We offer free pickup and it's tax deductible. Go to cars.wyxr.org to donate your car today. The Sunset Jazz at Court Square Concert Series is back every second Sunday, May through October, featuring Memphis's top jazz artists at 62 North Main in downtown Memphis. More information and the lineup are available at sunsetjazzmemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening in the city. Chip with you. And uh, we talked about this uh, at the at the outset of the show. Blue Oval City uh, is uh, the biggest uh, manufacturing project, I, I believe, uh, you know, in Tennessee history. Uh, 6,000 uh, future employees out there in uh, Hayward County, uh, Stanton area, and of course, uh, now we're starting to, you know, you know, figure out the land situation and how much land they're going to get. And, of course, uh, there is another equation to all of this. There is a lot of black farmers, uh, you know, in the area uh, who have had uh, land uh, in that particular area for generations. I mean, these go back uh, quite a ways. And as we get into negotiations and, and the building process, there are a lot of components to this. Uh, and that uh, little town in Stanton and the surrounding areas is going to be completely transformed with retail and wholesale and, 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 and stores and, and, and homes and, and the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, there is a particular organization that wants to make sure uh, that folks are informed uh, and, and they understand exactly uh, what their rights are in this project and more importantly, how they can become a part of it. Uh, you know, in terms of creating wealth and otherwise. So we invited to the show Thomas Burrell. Thomas is the president of Black Farmers and Agriculturist Associate, uh, Associated. And Thomas, it's great to see you and it's great to have you on Real Talk tonight. Chip, thank you for having us. We appreciate you uh, for giving us the opportunity to help to put into perspective, as you said, the economic development opportunities. There's a smorgasbord. There's a plethora. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities at the retail level, uh, at the distributional level or logistics. People are going to be needing houses. People are going to be needing apartments, warehouses. Yeah. We want our members to understand, members of the Black Farmers and Agriculturalists Association, even though, Chip, the state may need to use some of your land to annex your land for the benefit of a highway. But the question is, is the glass half empty or is it half full? Now, we're saying that whatever land that you have left as a result of this brand new four-lane highway, meaning now they've made the remainder of that property more accessible. What we're talking about, Chip, is generational wealth. You can't have generational wealth if you sell. You only have generational wealth if you maintain and develop. Historically, we have been selling land. Uh, in 1910, African-Americans owned 16 million acres of land. Mm -hmm about 20 million acres of land to be correct. We've lost about 15 million acres. So we still have the equivalent of about four or five million acres collectively still. That's about 25 to $40 billion with the beach chip. So what we're saying is when we see this pattern chip of automobile manufacturers moving south, 60 years ago, who would have imagined that Ford would be in Staten, Tennessee. Yeah. People in Staten, Tennessee left the cotton fields going to Detroit to work for Ford. Now we see that General Motors has moved to Spring Hill. Volkswagen is coming to Chattanooga. Nissan is in Smyrna. Ford is in Brownsville. We go down to Alabama. We see Toyota, Nissan, uh, Mercedes-Benz, Hyundai. There is a paradigm shift chip. They're moving into our relative backyard where we own land now. Yeah. When we went north to Detroit, we were providing labor. Mm -hmm. Sure, they're going to need labor. They're going to need six to 7,000 employees. 
but they're also going to need land. And as you said, that land is going to give us an opportunity now. Chip, one other point. Mm -hmm. The problem that we have in the African-American community is most of our land is owned by heirs. That is to say, granddad left 100 acres, right. 200 acres, he right. died without a will. Right, right. And therefore, uh, because there are multiple owners, there is no governing body, it is hard for a corporation to do business with an unincorporated entity. So our theme, Chip, is we have to A, incorporate, and B, collaborate. And that's what we're trying to get the landowners in that part of the country today and that's what we were meeting about. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, you, you you did have a meeting this morning uh, at at a church. Uh, you know, with uh, several I saw some pictures. Uh, you know, with several other black farmers, giving them not only providing them with information uh, as you just so eloquently provided, but also giving them the chance to ask you questions as well as uh, to you know what what is their next move? You know, how do they move forward in this? some of the things that they may not know now that they are going to need to know later, uh, which proved to be a very valuable uh, session this morning, I take it? Yes. Um, the, one of the main questions was from a lady. She said, I want to do everything you're talking about. We own land. My family own land, but we don't know how to do this. Who's going to help us? So there needs to be advo uh, uh, advocacy component. And that is to say, even if the average person wants to incorporate in order to collaborate, the average person will not have the expertise to collaborate and negotiate contracts with a multi-billion dollar corporation. So the Black Farmers and Agriculturalists Association, we have a history of advocating and dealing with complex litigation mm. with our attorneys, uh, i.e. the Black Farmers lawsuit that we sold with the Department of Agriculture. So this is not for the sake of a Lack of a better phrase, our first rodeo. We understand advocacy. We understand pooling resources. So therefore, what we want our members to be, though, as uh, that is to get them ready. Forward here again, every single person who is or entity who is going to make some of that $5.6 billion chip, they have one thing in common. They are incorporated. So we had African-American businessmen here today from Indiana, we had individuals here from Alabama who are already doing business with the automobile industry with their suppliers. So for instance, if you have 10 acres, you may need to pool that with your neighbor uh, because the corporations, Ford and others and their suppliers are going to be more prone to dealing with the person who will have a block. And this is where the collaboration and the incorporation comes to be, uh, comes into being. And as we said, this is an opportunity. We know we have some grievances, but first and foremost, ship, we want to make sure we take advantage of the opportunities that are inherent in this mega project. Absolutely, this is uh, this is an extraordinary uh, a bit of business here, and I think that. Uh, you know, as it gets closer, as the construction starts to, you know, we all start to see the tangibility of, of uh, you know, the bulldozers and the, and the tractors and everything, and groundbreaking, the whole nine yards. These are very important questions. But, but more importantly, I think it's knowledge is power is what I hear you say in everything that you're saying. Knowledge is power. And the more you understand how this works, 
the more when someone comes to eventually comes to you uh, and wants to, uh, you know, to do business, uh, you are already sort of armed with maybe some of the questions that you you need to ask in, in, in front of all of this to make sure, as you say, that you are included in the process and uh, uh, also available uh, to the great uh, wealth uh, possibilities uh, that come from a project because it's not just a plant. Like you said earlier, it's everything around it, that four-lane highway, which is going to be huge, and a lot of other things as well, right? Yes, you're quite right, and that's what we are saying. Uh, we know there are some grievances, but in order to facilitate uh, the growth and the potential of a $6 billion operation, you got to have highway, uh, highways, you have roads and bridges, but the state is the state taking from you or are they putting you in a position to where what you have remaining? Yeah. If you develop that now, you used to be, in other words, Ford has taken you out of the cotton business and put you in the car business by virtue of their proximity to you, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So now you are going to look at a different crop. You were growing cotton. You were going to show you these in Ford. You had livestock. Ford has moved next door to you. General Motors is moving next door to you and all of their suppliers. Now you're in another industry. You're in uh, what your crop now will be warehouses. Your crop will be apartment complexes. Other individuals are going to do it. It's inevitable. The point is, why shouldn't people, Chip, who own the land for five or six generations, now sell that land and have their grandchildren come up and say, well, you know what, where that Hampton is, Hampton Inn is now, where that warehouse is, where those million dollar homes are now, my grandmom and granddaddy used to own that land. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about generational wealth, Chip, no. We're going to create another crop. There's a paradigm shift here. We're going to shift gears. We're not going to sell. We're going to incorporate, collaborate, and develop to make sure we have generational wealth. Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, it all sounds uh, really, really good to me, and I am really happy that you uh, took some time to come on the show tonight talk to some of our uh, listeners about all of this. This is extraordinarily important stuff. Thomas Burrell, President of Black Farmers and Agriculturalist Association of America. Thank you, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. I learned a lot in this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chip. Thank you for having us. Uh, you, you're welcome, and uh, you have a good evening. And I look forward to seeing what this is going to be all about, ladies and gentlemen, as time uh, moves forward. As he said, this is a chance to, you know, to be a part of something much bigger than yourself. We're going to take a final break of the broadcast when we come back. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, this is Black Music Month. And, of course, uh, we have a little group here called the Memphis Music Initiative. And what do those two things have in common along with Kit Kat? I know you're scratching your head. We'll explain when we come back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back.
The Sunset Jazz at Court Square Concert Series is back every second Sunday, May through October, featuring Memphis's top jazz artists at 62 North Main in downtown Memphis. More information and the lineup are available at sunsetjazzmemphis.com. You're listening, but are you in the know? The WYXR Weekly Newsletter is the best source for keeping up with events at WYXR. Whether they are happening on our airwaves, behind the scenes, or out in the community, log on to newsletter.wyxr.org to sign up for our mailing list and keep yourself in the loop. WYXR is community radio, so why not help us spread our sound through the community? Be a part of our growth by sharing our station and our mobile app with a friend. Visit us at WYXR underscore Memphis on social and tag your closest pals. Let someone you love know about 91.7 FM. It's easy. Our sound is made just for you, so let's make it louder. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. And, uh, you know, this is Black Music Month, and music is a big deal uh, here in our city. Uh, and uh, there's an organization that I really, honestly, I think that they, they do, uh, you know, an amazing job in, uh, in, in really incorporating music uh, to our black and brown population. Uh, there's a lot that goes into all of this. Uh, but there's also something uh, very special, uh, you know, about uh, Black Music Month uh, in reference to uh, this group. And I wanted to have a conversation about that. Please welcome to the show, Miss Amber Hamilton. Amber, it's nice to see you this evening. Welcome. It's so great to see you, Chip. I'm so excited to talk about Black Music Month, but thanks for having me on. Absolutely that. So, you know, for, for the uninformed, uh, June is Black Music Month. What does that mean to you, and what did what should that mean to other folks? Well, in my heart, every month is Black Music Month. There you go. There you go. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of nationally, it's a great time to recognize all of the achievements, all that Black artists have not only produced for our culture, but really contributed worldwide to the diaspora. Mm -hmm. When you look at so many American music forms, whether that be jazz, gospel, R&B, even country music, at the root of all of those genres is Black folks. So this is a time for us to kind of memorialize that, but also make sure our young people, our children kind of know that history and have a sense of pride about that, but also think about what they are going to contribute to kind of the next generation of Black music makers. So it's a time to look in the past, but it's also very much a time to look forward um, and inspire our youth to create their own mark. Absolutely, that. And of course, we're we're living in a in a in a city that is absolutely steeped in in black music history, uh, you know. And I don't know that they realize how lucky they are. But but for those of people who don't know, you have a particular mission. Your organization has a particular mission, and it really is to uh, encompass uh, black and brown children 
uh, into understanding how important music is and how important they could be, as you said earlier, to music in the future. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So as you well know, this city is just overflowing with musical genius. Absolutely. Um, although we have contributed, you know, really across the world, we have literally created soundtracks that have changed the world mm -hmm. for people from this city. Mm -hmm. And our young people are absolutely part of that lineage. So the Memphis Music Initiative really is focused on transformative music engagement, music instruction, creative liberation for our black and brown youth across the city. Uh, and how we do that is engaging them both in school time and then also during the summertime, we have a great cohort going on right now. So our goal really is to make sure that that tradition of Memphis musicians continues um, and that they are invested in and poured into and supported so that, you know, the world is just waiting for kind of the next level of talent and the next generation of Memphis music talent, Memphis creatives. Um, and so we want to really make sure our young people are ready for that. Do you think uh, with all the work that you do uh, in school and uh, more importantly, you know, in the after school sessions mm -hmm. that, that these young kids really understand uh, just how important th this is and more importantly, how they can be, as you said a couple of times, the next. It is so important to cultivate and groom the next, the generation. Uh, do they understand how, how really how important that is? And do they embrace that uh, philosophy that you all teach? It's very interesting. I will say I've lived many places in my life. And Memphis is one of the few places where you can talk to a young person. They'll say, oh, yeah, my mom used to sing with this one. And then my dad plays drums with this one. And then my uncle, you know, they have these huge, thorough music legacies in their own family. And they don't know how special that is. Oh, wow. They don't know how rare that is. They don't know that you can't just go anywhere and find that. That's a Memphis thing. Mm -hmm. So it, what I find is that our young people don't understand kind of how special their music talents are. So, for example, we uh, every year host HBCU uh, virtual band auditions where young people can audition from their homes and connect with many, you know, HBCU band directors and audition. And so many times we have to kind of really pull them and encourage them to do the audition because they don't think they're good enough. And then we talk to the band directors who are like, are you kidding? That kid is amazing. Yeah. So it's like. They take it for granted. They don't know how special they are. And they just need that encouragement and that investment to know that their gifts and their talents are so special. All you have to do is mention uh, Tennessee State University. They're the first <laughs> college, black college in this country ever to win a Grammy. If that doesn't do it for you in terms of that part of it, I don't know what will. Absolutely. That's that just speaks to that that Mississippi Delta mud. There's something in it. You got it. You absolutely have it. Okay. So I so we 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 move through uh the fundamentals here. Now, I want to know about this affiliation with Kit Kat Bar, the Kit Kat Bar and, and the affiliation with your organization in it. And when is the bus coming by? <laughs> but start from the be start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually our second year that we have been partnered with the Hershey Company, and we have had the amazing privilege of being featured on Kit Kat rappers sold across the country. Wow. They are highlighting Memphis music as a hub, as an anchor 
of Black Music for Black Music Month, which is so special because we deserve to be highlighted. We deserve to stand out. So this is our second year. We're actually one now of six cities being highlighted on this, but we want to, of course, blow it out here in Memphis. So there will be a party bus coming on Thursday, hitting various spots around the city. We're going to be at Crosstown. We're going to be in Overton Square. We're going to be in Soulsville. We're going to be downtown. And we will be giving away uh, these Kit Kat bars that have um, the Memphis kind of music a uh, beautiful artwork uh, by Memphis's own uh, Mia Sane, an artist here. Yeah. So giving those bars away to people and celebrating Memphis Music Month. And we'll be playing a special song that was created by some young Memphis musicians and some Memphis musicians and legends in the making. So it's going to be awesome. That is a very, very big deal. It truly, truly is to be nationally recognized uh, by the Hershey organization, not once, but twice. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 have, and, and be featured on the, on the, the Kit Kat uh, label. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, you're riding around in a, in, in a, in a bus that's gonna celebrate all that. That's, uh, that, that, that's big stuff there, uh, Miss Amber. You know, you, you, you guys might actually be doing something down here at uh, MMI. I, I, well, yeah. we're trying, but all we're doing is bringing, bringing, highlighting all the amazing work that Memphis creatives put out every day. Yeah. They're the ones that are really, you know, special and deserve this shine and deserve this attention. Well, you know, uh, I mean, look, uh, our heartiest congratulations here. I, I, I just, I thought this was really, uh, when I when I first read about this and started to look into it, I was like, I was very, very impressed with, with really the level of commitment, not only by your team, by your staff, but more importantly, uh, you know, the real desire, passion, and interest of these young people to maybe be the next big thing coming out of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, which ain't no joke, which ain't which, which 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 ain't small potatoes, as they say. Oh no, 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 no! The, the tradition is strong here, and some and these young people, the things that they are coming up with and putting together, would just blow your wig back. So you know, we want to <laughs> support them. We want to, you know kind of encourage them and tell just as a community show them some love as well. And that, that's the most important that we all get behind them as a community because this is the future and this is what we need to be doing. Absolutely. Amber, Amber ha Hamilton, look, I, I am I am really thrilled to, to have a chance to sit and talk to you. You are the executive director of the Memphis Music Initiative, You're doing a wonderful job. Thanks for coming on the show and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me and happy Black Music Month to everybody. Absolutely that. Thank you so much, Amber. You take care. Okay. We'll talk to you down the road. Listen, that was a look, let me tell you something. Stand behind these young people uh, because uh, they could be the very next big thing uh, in our city. Uh, Lord knows we have had, she said earlier, we had a big history. We have a huge history here of music. Uh, this is a legendary city in and of itself in terms of that. So I love what uh, MMI is doing. That's a, that's, a, that's a great organization and I really appreciate it. This has been a great show tonight. Uh, and uh, again, uh, we are praying uh, that those of you who don't have power, yet that lost power, uh, will get it uh, restored sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, MGW is moving uh, pretty quickly in terms of all of this, trying to get uh, folks uh, reestablished. I'm going to take a quick peek here before I get out of here to see what the number is at present. And let's see here. We're down to 71,090 people uh, without power. That map is uh, slowly shrinking. 
It was 120,000 yesterday, uh, and uh, again, uh, they're they're doing a they're doing a pretty good job of, of uh, restoring power. And again, we hope sooner rather than later. Before I get out of here, I have to uh, acknowledge I've done this before, but I'll do it again because uh, the two young ladies that have worked on this show, and I think Lola sent me a text the other day, uh, something that popped up in her box. They've been here about two years, both of them have with me, and um, very creative and talented ladies both uh nicole uh has a show uh called planet chrome uh which uh, airs on this fine radio station friday nights at midnight uh and uh she plays uh you know a great variety of music and uh Brynn has heard the show and, and and i you know i catch the i catch the rebroadcast because you know at midnight you know on friday nights i'm 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 asleep that's how exciting a life i live outside this radio station and of course uh lola uh, just started her show a couple of weeks ago. So listen, if, if, if you're having a particularly stressful Monday, uh, you know, and, and you're winding down and, you know, you're looking at the clock and it's about five o'clock or so and you're off, you know, uh, hit the uh, on button on 91.7 to hear Level Lola. You know, she takes you to a whole nother level in terms of music and mixing and things like that. And I was in here earlier this evening uh, during her show and, you know, I don't know any of the artists that she played. Well, maybe one or two. But uh, she does a really, really good job with that. Both these ladies do a very, very good job. So shameless plug, shameless plug. Um, uh, Brent and I don't, don't play music other than maybe we'll be playing on the radio. But we don't have that talent. But they do. So support the ladies should support their show because, hey, they're on this show. So you need to support their show. All right, as Brent plays this out, it has been a really good Monday. And, again... You know, my heart and my concern is for you, uh, all of you out there, the 70,000 plus, uh, as I read here, uh, the 71,000 who are still without power. Uh, we know it's hot. You know it's uncomfortable. A lot of us had to deal with it, yours included, uh, yours truly. Uh, but I uh, pray that uh, you will be restored sooner rather than later. Thank you for uh, supporting this show. Uh, and uh, appreciating what we do. If you like what we do, please tell other folks about it so maybe they'll check us out as well. So uh, until next time, until uh, we meet again, uh, for Nicole, for Lola, for Brynn, I'm Chip. Please be safe. Please be careful out there. Watch out for yourself because others may not be watching out for you. And if the Lord says so, I'll be here next week, same time, same station, and we'll do it all over again, maybe just a little bit better. Until then, we're out. See you later.